You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Have your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3. I want to talk to you today about a growing church. And uh, a growing church is obviously a church that has growing people. And uh, I, want to, I want to speak to you about what God has been, he's been kind of dealing with us as a church over the last number of weeks and even months. And there has been, I don't know if you've noticed, but there has been a tremendous presence of the Lord that God has allowed to be in the services over the last, uh, last number of months. And I thank God for what He's doing, and I thank God in advance for what He's going to do. Amen. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 3, it says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The Living Bible says, Try always to be led along together, by the Holy Spirit, and so be at peace with one another. This morning, I want to talk to you about a growing church. Um, this, this translation that we have here and other translations says, make every effort or be diligent, striving, take every care, do your best to keep unity. Um, we have a tremendous church. We're very blessed. Let me tell you this morning, we are a very blessed church. And we're a blessed pastor. And my wife and I, of course, are very blessed to pastor this wonderful church. And I believe, without a doubt, that God has even greater things for this church. I, I, I took a little journey this week. And I could have gone in many different places, but... I, I, I took a little journey, and uh, I went to a couple of graveyards. <laughs> now, you may say, well, you are. <laughs> there is something wrong with you this morning. Um, I turned into the, one of the graveyards, and my wife asked me what I was doing. I said, oh, I'm just, just going to drive through, just going to make a couple stops. And I went in the graveyard, and I stopped just um, in front of Brother Jenkins's tombstone and thanked the Lord for such an incredible man that this church was blessed to have. And I come out of that graveyard, and I started down Westmoreland, and I turned into the next one. And I went to, I tried to remember, and I was pretty good at it, but there's been graves at it since I've been there. And I made my way over, my wife and I, to Peter Wright's tombstone. And I thank the Lord for a great man that this church was blessed to have. And both of these great men, now years have gone by, it's actually hard to fathom how fast years have gone by. 
And again, I thank the Lord for a prayer warrior. Two of them that allowed this church to get to where it's at today. They were instrumental in this church becoming a growing church. And so what we have this morning, and there's many others. That's just two that I stopped at this week. And there's many others that this morning have been instrumental in the church and the foundation and the growth of this assembly. And when I talk about a growing church, I'm actually talking about you because we are the church. We make up the church. It's not the building. It's not, it's not the facilities we have. The church is actually you and I. And if you are a Christian this morning, then it's your responsibility, my responsibility, to protect the unity of the church so it will continue to grow. You can pray for revival all you desire, but if the church is not unified, revival will never come. Unity is the key to revival. And unity in the church is so important that the New Testament gives more attention to that than either heaven or hell. Both of heaven and hell are eternal. But the New Testament speaks more about unity than either one of those subjects. It's crucial. It's crucial to our growth. And so unity is a is the very soul of fellowship. It Destroy it, and, and you will rip the heart out of the body of Christ, the church. It is the very essence of how God intends the experience uh, of life together uh, as his people. I am thankful this morning for you. I'm thankful for you this morning. We went through months of you not being here. And it was quite a challenge to preach wide open with only my wife sitting out there. She got, she got really close to God, though. <laughs> she couldn't pass off altar for anyone else. It was just like every parent. Our Heavenly Father, is He enjoys watching His children get along. With each other. In fact, uh, in his final moments before he was arrested and taken to Calvary, Jesus prayed passionately in John 17 that, the, that his disciples would be unified. It was our unity that was utmost in his mind in those agonizing hours before he went to the cross. Let the, let the disciples, let the church, let the people be on the same page. Let them be together. Nothing, folks, on earth is more valuable than God and his church. He paid that highest price that could ever be paid, and he desires for it to be, be protected, his family to be protected. And it's our responsibility today as children of God and, and as saints of God this morning that we do everything in our power to unify in this last day. So I'm just going to talk to you a little bit this morning. We must focus on what we have in common and not our differences. 
We all got differences. The focus has to be on what we have in common. Paul said in Romans 14, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. The message says it this way. So let's agree to use all of our energy in getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. You say, Pastor, if you think the church is so great, why are you preaching this? Because I know how the enemy works. And as Christians, we share one Lord, one body, one purpose, one Father, one Spirit, one hope, one faith, one baptism, one love. We've got one church. It's not a denomination. It is the church of the living God, and we share the same one salvation, the same one life. We have the same one future, and there's factors that are more important than any little differences that you and I might have. We've got one goal, and that's to spend eternity with him. Above everything else, it was God himself who chose to give us different personalities. So he, he, he knows we're going to have backgrounds and preferences and, and we're going to value different things and enjoy differences. And it's, I mean, he made us that way. God wants unity, not uniformity. He's not desiring for us to be all the same. He's desiring for us to be unified. Conflict is almost always a sign that the focus has shifted to less important issues than things that really matter according to Scripture. Romans 14 and 1 in the NIV, accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. We're all on a journey. We're not all there yet. But we're all on a journey. And we're aiming in a direction. And we want to welcome with open arms people who are on that journey. They're, they're traveling the same way we do. Yes, there may be things that are, that are different at this point. God's leading. God's instructing. God's guiding. God's, God's beckoning. God's bringing. God's uh, convicting. God's allowing his word uh, to work in people's lives. And so when we focus on personality and preferences and interpretations and, and styles and methods, division always happens. Huh. But if we concentrate on loving each other and fulfilling God's purpose... Harmony is the result. This is what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, New Living Translation. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I appeal to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to stop arguing among yourselves. Let there be real harmony so there won't be divisions in the church. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. This is what Paul's talking. He's not talking to the world. Paul's talking to the church. He's speaking to the Corinthian church. He says, listen, get this guard up before the possibility of something happening. Make sure, make sure that you're united in thought and purpose. Focus on what we have in common and not our 
differences. You got to be realistic this morning in your expectations. It's easy to become discouraged by the gap that exists between the ideal and the real in the church. Yet we must passionately love the church in spite of its imperfections. Hear it this way. Longing for the ideal while criticizing the real is evidence of immaturity. Settling for the real without striving for the ideal is evidence of complacency. Living with this tension is evidence of maturity. We're going to always have imperfections, but we've got one purpose. It's not my expectation. It's his expectation. It's not what matters to me. It's what matters to him. Uh, believers will disappoint you and let you down, and there will be family that, that, uh, that will they'll, they'll not seem like family at times. But stay and work it out. When my kids disobeyed and they weren't listening and they did the opposite of what I said, I didn't sell them, put them on eBay, trade them in, give them away, ask someone else to take them. No, they were my family. Didn't always agree, but I always loved them. That's what's going to happen in the church. There's not always going to be realistic expectations for every person. But let me tell you something. If we'll let the tension of, of the ideal and the real come together, there will be a maturity that happens in us. Huh. Choose to encourage rather than criticize. See, it's always easier to stand on the sidelines and take shots at those who are serving than it is to get involved and to make a contribution. But God warns us over and over in his word to not criticize, not to compare, not to judge. Romans chapter 14 says, Why then criticize your brother's actions? Why try to make him look small? We shall all be judged one day, not by each other's standards or even our own, but by the standard of Christ. Whenever, whenever I judge another believer, four things instantly happen. Number one, I lose fellowship with God because that's his child. Nobody likes someone else telling their, their children what to do. Well, you know, they misbehave. You, you just keep them in line. Yeah, right. That's all fine and dandy if nothing goes wrong. What happens when we judge another believer? I expose my own pride, my own insecurity, thinking that I am better than. I set myself up to be judged by God. I harm the fellowship of the church. Listen, a critical spirit is a costly vice. The Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. I don't want to be any part of that. I want to step back and say, listen, I've got my own imperfections. I've got my own things that are challenges. I've got my own things that I'm working through. I'm going to pray with you, stand with you, walk with you, uh, hold your hand, uh, put my arm around your shoulder. Uh, I want to be part of a growing church. A growing church. 
Remember that other Christians, no matter how much you disagree with them, they're not the enemy. They're not. Choose to encourage rather than criticize. Can I tell you this morning, it's on Sunday morning, but I don't get some of these here other times, so I have to do it on Sunday morning. Everyone all right? You got to refuse to listen to gossip. Listen, gossip is passing on information when you're neither part of the problem or part of the solution. Most, most people, they know that gossiping is wrong, but they don't grasp the fact that listening to it is as wrong as well. Don't allow yourself to be even part of it. Remember that people who gossip to you will gossip about you. Don't be fooled. If they gossip to you about someone else, let me be assured, they're going to gossip to someone else about you. Well, we're close buddies. Yeah. And besides, if you listen, you become part of the troublemaking as well. The Bible says troublemakers listen to troublemakers, and liars listen to liars. Jude says, these are the ones who split churches, thinking only of themselves, nothing to them, no sign of the Spirit. Folks, that's strong word. That, you can read it, Jude 1 to 19. Strong word when we say that the Spirit's not working in our lives if I'm talking about you wrongly. I want a growing church. If you're going to have a growing church, you're going to have growing families. If you're going to have growing families, you're going to have growing people. I want to be a growing person. I want God to be growing in my life. I want to grow up. One of these days, I'm hoping to grow up. If you go on hurting each other, tearing each other apart, be careful. Because you'll completely destroy the other person. Galatians chapter 5. Fire goes out for lack of fuel. And tensions dis disappear when gossip stops. A soft answer turneth away wrath. This is, this is about a growing church. See, all of these things... The enemy would love for people to get into criticism and love for people to get into sharing information. That's what we call it. No one wants to call it gossip. They know that's wrong. Sharing information. Letting people know. You don't need to let anybody know. Fall to your knees and pray for them. Practice God's method for conflict and resolution. Jesus gave the church a very simple process of resolution. And you can read that in, in, in Matthew chapter 18. Listen, you got a problem? Go to the person. Go to the person. Talk to them. Can't solve it? Bring someone else along. God will help support your, your leaders, support the, the ministry of the church. They're, they're only trying to get you to the other side. One of the sad things to learn in ministry is that people who have been around the church the longest can often sometimes expect the most, sometimes be the ones that need extra help and extra 
Bible says be responsive. Hebrews 13 to your leadership. Listen to the counsel. Do you know what? As pastor, pastor's not trying to ruin your life. I'm sure not trying to destroy your life. I'm sure not trying to give you a bad day and a headache. None of those things. Pastor's just trying to get you to the other side. That's it. Just to the other side. I'm going to stand before God and give an account for your soul. I want a growing church. I want a church that's growing in the city. I want every, every section of the city to have a church. I want every, every family in this city to know about God. Have an opportunity to hear about Him. I want to make sure we have a growing church. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I've got to, got to wind this down. When God has a bunch of individuals that he wants to deliver, he looks for the warmest incubator that he can find to send them to so that they have the greatest opportunity to be saved. It is not an accident that God sends on a continual basis guests to this church. It's not an accident. It's not just, well, you know, someone was going by and they thought they'd come in. No, that's not the case. Most people can't find the church. (laughs) We're trying to correct that problem. That's not, it's not the case. It's not an accident that God sends people to this congregation. It's not how nice the building is and how comfortable comfortable the pews are it's not it's none of those things it's a church that is a warm incubator and people feel welcome coming into the presence of God sometimes for the very first time walking through the church doors is a huge deal to individuals let us be a growing church so people feel like they can be saved here a growing church doesn't just happen it has growing families it has growing individuals in each of those families the bible says that when the womb is opened no man can shut it that's a powerful verse it's one of my favorite scriptures in the old testament about growth Because when God opens the womb for the church, no man can shut it. I want to be part of a growing church that has a mentality that new and reborn and new birth and restoration and people being healed and set free and delivered and being able to come to the house of the Lord and their lives being changed and addictions being gone and and healing happening no matter what the process was in the past but when they come in contact with an almighty God he puts them in the incubator I've told you many times about my little episodes on the farm. We all, we had a little bit of everything. Ducks and chickens. I went through all that 
I, can, I won't list everything this morning. I'm just mentioning ducks and chickens because they laid eggs. And sometimes they would, they would have a lot. Banny hens will, they'll lay 15, 15 eggs or more at times. My dad always had this little setup, this nice, warm, red light. And if we got too many eggs or somehow a chicken went missing, we had dogs and sometimes chickens went missing. Then we weren't going to let the eggs go to waste, and we'd put them in our homemade incubator. It wasn't as fancy as the hen or the duck, but it's amazing how it would work. Right temperature, the right amount of days, and guess what? Before long, you'd see little beaks coming out. All of a sudden, you'd have a whole batch of chickens or ducks. And that was just the starting point. <laughs> After they were hatched, you couldn't just let them be by themselves. You had to take care of them. And it was quite an amazing process to get them all the way from not having maybe a mother to the process of them surviving. Some didn't. Always felt bad about that. But this wonderful process of what we called a homemade incubator. Getting these little chickens and ducks to life. Folks, this, this right here is a nice big incubator with all kinds of caring people that's wanting to be part of a growing church. That's what we are. That's what we are. We just don't come to meet on Sunday morning because we got nothing else to do. We love God. We love the Lord. Someone prayed for us. Someone got us through difficulties and trials and struggles and, 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 and times of our lives when we didn't know what we were going to God, God helped someone get us through. And here we are getting other people through. I want to be a growing, healthy church. In closing, five attitudes. This is from an article by Carrie Newhoff. Five significant attitudes that make a difference in a growing church. Number one, we can versus we can't. Perhaps the biggest difference between growing churches and declining churches is the attitude of what's possible. Growing churches believe they can. Declining churches believe they can't, and both are right. Henry Ford said, whether you believe it that you can or you believe it that you can't, you're right. It's an attitude. Growing churches make a way where there is no way. That seems to be pretty similar to what God does in Scripture on many occasions. Makes an opportunity available. Takes time. Puts priority over, preference over. 
not about me. It's about them. It's about you. It's about this church. It's about this city. God saved me a long time ago. Everyone else deserves the right to know. Not about me, about him. The attitude of whether we can versus we can't. This is going to be a growing church. Because I believe we can. Them versus us is attitude number two. Declining churches, churches always focus on themselves. Growing churches focus on the people that they're trying to reach in their community. Listen, if the conversation of a church is all about the needs of what we need, we've lost focus. And focus has become inward instead of outward. The mission of the church is to reach the world. And growing churches not only know it, they do it. That's why this church is involved in so many capacities. That's why this church has satellite churches. That's why this church is so adapted to having ministries come on. That's why. Because we believe that it's them out there that don't know God yet versus us. It's got to be about them. Say, Pastor, we, we need it too, yeah? We're going to feed. We're going to do the best we can. But if you've already had the opportunity to hear Thank God and live for Him. Don't allow yourself to become selfish. Selfish people almost always end up alone. Because a life devoted to self leaves you alone. That will create selfish churches. And this is not a club. This is not just a gathering place. This is a spiritual hospital for people who are in need. And oh God, help us. Help us, God, to have an attitude, a continual attitude that it's always about people. Third attitude is principles versus preferences. Declining churches focus on preferences. Mabel didn't like the music, and Allison thinks it's not deep enough, and Byron wants to start a new program. If you have any of those names, I didn't pick them because of you this morning. And so sometimes leaders and church leaders respond to trying to please. Declining churches bend to the strategies of its, the preferences of its members. Growing churches don't. Growing churches focus on the principles and the strategies that whatever we got to do to reach new people, that's what we're going to do. Always principles versus preferences. That's why we try to keep a balance of what we do for youth and children and elders and songs. and It's a balance keeping the temperature right in here. This time of year is the worst. Some days are nice, need the air on, some days it's cold. Need the heat on. 19's good. 21's not enough. Oh, God, help us keep our focus on principles. Proactive and versus reactive. Growing churches are always proactive. They immediately get to what God's desiring to do in the future. 
Declining churches are always reactive. The agenda is determined by the problems that arise. In fact, most declining churches are so busy reacting to problems, they don't have time to reach the people that don't know God. God, help us to be proactive, not reactive. I don't want to have the course charted in the future by being reactive. Growing churches always have a strong bias for setting the agenda of reaching people, people, people. And the last attitude is now versus eventually. Growing churches act now. They act now. Declining churches don't. Declining churches don't actually say that they won't act. They just say they'll get to it eventually or someday. Or the time's just not right right now. It doesn't mean never, but we're not going to do it now. I refused to live in that mentality or attitude. It is now. It is now. The growing church has to be now. Our, our world is in a mess. And the church has to be the answer. The church must be the solution. God must be. He must be. The focus of the church. Oh, make sure this morning, don't, you, don't allow yourself to get caught up in the pettiness of, of life around you. But get your eyes focused on the only one that matters. And that's Jesus Christ. Ask yourself, when's the last time you invited someone to church? When's the last time you talked to someone about God? When's the last time you sat across the table and shared how someone can get saved? Ask yourself those questions because you can't allow it to be down the road when you get better, when you know all the answers. It'll never be. It's got to be that you're part of a growing church now. Every so often, I preach about souls. I do it fairly frequently. It's what we eat and breathe and sleep. It's all about people. Come in contact with people on a daily basis. People who don't know where to turn and people who don't have answers. People who are lost. People who are without. People who are trapped and people who are addicted. People who used to know. People who once walked in his wonderful ways. We come across people on a continual basis. People who know about God. People who don't know anything about God. Oh, God, help us to be a church. Help us to be a church full of families. Families full of individuals that are growing in you. Time set aside for study. Time set aside for His Word. Time set aside for worship. Time set aside for prayer. Be faithful to the house of God. Give yourself continually to the things of God. Listen, there's not going to be a lack of things to take your time. There will always be things to take your time. But you've got to be a growing church. Help us, God, to never lose sight of what people need. When you walk down, and down the streets through the mall, 
when you walk uh, uh, through communities or through your workplace? Uh, uh, do you see people as lost? Because that changes your view of how you approach your day. Do you see people as lost? Do you see people that need God? Do you see people that have no answer? Because that changes how you think. When you drive by a funeral home and someone is laid out, does the question come to your mind, I wonder if they knew God? Because it changes how you think. When you enter into a service, is it just an hour and a half and then we're going on our way? Or do we have to get a hold of the presence of God today? Because this could be the opportunity that someone needs today. I'm talking about a growing church this morning. You could have your differences with I. You don't have to even agree with everything with me. I'll still love you anyway. We've got to be a growing church. It has to be. It has to be. Music come this morning. I know it's a Sunday morning. And most of our Sunday mornings are evangelistic in some sense. But this morning, I challenge you. Are you part of making the church a growing church. One of the key principles of counseling is you can never change somebody else. No matter who you're having issues with, you can't change them. The only person you can actually change is you. And in a church... It's no, no different. If I could change people, if I could save people, everyone in this city would already be saved. But I can't. I can't change people. I can't save people. I'm no one's savior. I'm just a pastor that wants a growing church. Please don't take me wrong this morning. We're so thankful for this assembly. My wife and I, it's almost 10 years that we've been here. And we love this church. But I will not become complacent. And I will refuse to be status quo. And I will refuse just to be comfortable. We've got to reach our city. We've got to reach the people around us. We've got to... Con Listen, I looked at our youth group... They had to add more chairs to the youth chapel. Last week they had people standing. Standing in the youth, in the youth chapel. They had to add more chairs to make 70. Most churches in our district don't even have 70 people. Alone 70 in the youth group. I got the, the numbers from Mary Lee last week. 87 people in Sunday school downstairs, and there was a bunch of kids not even here. Most people in their churches don't have 87 people alone, 87 in children's ministries. We're blessed. But we have to refuse to become complacent 
in our city. I grew up in a community that 10% of the people went to church. I say, well, uh, that's, that's a question. Well, we only have 500 people. But 10% went to church. When I look at that same ratio, we need churches in every corner of this city. I mean, we need every church full. We need whole congregations to come to a greater knowledge of, of who Jesus is. We need a growing church. We need a growing church. Every culture, every language, every tribe, and every tongue, every age group. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the status quo is. We need a growing church. So I challenge you again on this Sunday morning in April. Are you growing? What's your spiritual life like? Is there a greater desire and depth for the Lord than there was last year, five years ago, ten years ago? If not, it's easy to become involved in other capacities of our life. I know it well. It's easy to be so busy working for God that we don't have time for God. And so I asked you this morning, are you a growing person in the Lord? When's the last time you had a good old-fashioned just praying through in the Spirit? When's the last time you didn't worry about what time you left? When's the last time you just came when no one else was here and just prayed and sought God's face and found yourself engulfed in His Word? When's the last time you just sung out loud the praises of God not worrying about who was listening when's the last time you woke up in the morning and said God put someone in my path today put someone in my path today God no matter what else is happening in my life today put someone in my path that needs help from you today I asked you ask yourself those questions God didn't save us just for us he saved us to reach this city. He saved us to be a growing church. A growing church. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.